Hello and welcome to Mean Mommy Kink Podcast. And you're here with Jackie Riot and Miss Lola Sunshine. And we are here to talk to you today about, uh, I think, a really cool topic. But before we get too deep into the topic, we want to show our business spotlight. So who is our business this month in the month of December? Our business this month is Mexikitch. Um, is This is not a kink business. This is not a sex business. As far as I know, she's not a kinky or sexy person. I mean, probably she's sexy. I don't know, whatever. Um, but this is the kink and mental health episode. And her um, Instagram account gives me great joy. Um, I will spell it for y'all so that you can find her. It is M-E-X-A-K-I-T. S-E-H. Um, and she's a Bay Area artist that makes out of resins and different um, see-through things. Uh, she recreates like vintage food. So like jello molds, um, aspics. She did a series of TV dinners recently. She did some shrimp cocktails floating in red jello for Christmas. This is pretty um, amazing. And- They're all just absolutely insane and they're so colorful and so joyful and so weird. And if you go back even further, a lot of them light up. Some of them are like table lamps or side table lamps. So you can have this like jello mold made of SpaghettiOs that lights up sitting in the middle of your coffee table. Um, Her art is not, is not cheap because they're all handmade one at a time, but they are fabulous. And if I win the lottery, that will be one of the signs is weird little pretend jello molds will start filling my home um because <laughs> our stuff is really cool yeah. it, it is yeah um it's really really neat and I just I love it like weird independent art and you know if I'm having a bad day cruising around Mexico's Instagram often makes me smile when almost nothing else will so that is my uh my little both business spotlight and mental health um tip is find something that makes you smile on Instagram. I know there's a lot of things on Instagram that aren't as smiley as normal, um, but you can go to specific accounts or you can search for specific things. Um, one of my favorite searches, for example, is Kawaii breakfast because, or Kawaii food, because if you put in Kawaii food, it will bring up all the cute little Japanese accounts that are making really adorable little bentos and curries that shouldn't be as cute as they are. Um, and Mexican is kind of on that vein where you just look at all this like brightly colored, absolutely silly, but like also really cool art um, that if you save your pennies, you can buy and have a little cute parfait sitting in your house. I love that. I think here in the apocalypse, we should definitely spend the last of our reti- retirement savings on amazing art and just make things or buy things that you really enjoy. I don't know. I'm not a financial planner Hell yeah. or anything, but <laughs> I'm not a financial planner either, but I can tell you we're in the end times. Smoke them if you got them, people. And yeah. honestly, if you've had your eye on that thing, you're not promised tomorrow. Buy the yeah. weird parfait today. <laughs> So now I think it's important that we slide into our mental health disclaimer, which is that no one on this podcast is a medical professional. No one or a mental health professional of any sort. We do not have, we do not have degrees. Please Mm. don't, don't listen to us as if we have degrees. Um, We highly recommend if you're struggling with something 
uh, which, you know, at the state of the world, it's pretty normal to be struggling right now. Um, If you can reach out to someone with a degree and get yourself some therapy or, you know, even like groups, there are different groups that meet in almost every city that are just like free and chill. Um, Anything like that, super helpful. Um, If you're acutely struggling, um, which look, we've all fucking been there. You're not judging you. This month, okay? (laughs) I mean, look, there's like the kind of minty bee that you can fix by looking at Mexican just cute art. And there's the kind that you're like, I am not okay. And if you are not okay, we really encourage you to reach out and get some like help right now. And we have Absolutely. a couple of resources for you guys because we love you and we want you to be able to call a place that doesn't send the fucking cops to your house. Yes. So, so real quick, Jackie, I'm you've got gonna yeah. say my one of my resources is the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. It's ncsfreedom.org. And I like the fact that they have a list of um professionals um you know uh, mental health professionals it's supposed to be a nationwide list but um if you need to find a therapist you can go through that option um if you're not able to find a therapist you need to talk to someone immediately there's the trans lifeline so translifeline.org and their um, u.s number is 877-565-8860 so if you're outside of eight eight six zero go ahead if you're outside of the United States, the country code is one. So just put a one in front of that and it may cost you a couple of extra pennies, but your life is priceless. So just go ahead and call. Um, you don't have to be trans to call if you're queer or if you just need help and you're the kind of person that listens to our podcast, yep. they will probably be the right place for you to call. Absolutely. And you mentioned that the Chicago Leather Dyke um, Picnic's uh, Instagram, y'all have a link to the Chicago Ultimate Trans um, survival guide which has like 120 something pages of resources but one of the sections is about mental health and even though it mm-hmm. says chicago a lot of those resources are national so mm-hmm. if you need um addiction help you know various other programs i would definitely recommend checking out that on the instagram as well yes it is pinned at the top of chicago leather dyke picnic that's the name of our instagram um and like I said, it's we didn't make this this wonderful resource that was made by a local trans group. But if you click on that, it will have so many resources, not just mental health, but also all kinds of other things. A lot of them are Chicago local, but many of them are national groups. So even if you're helping out a friend, because fun fact, if you are not critically mentally unstable right now you can lend your sanity to somebody else by helping them find resources that is a really lovely service to do for your friends and loved ones that are going through a struggle so if someone's struggling with something and you have the capacity to go through that list for them that is a really lovely thing to do and I highly encourage you to help people out that's wonderful so yeah this episode uh 29 is mental health and kink And so we had to start off with giving you some resources because God knows we all need them. (laughs) Yep. Look, we've all been there. And if you're there right now, we love you. um, And we want you to stay and we want you to get help. And if you're not there right now, then, you know, like I said, check on your friends, check on your friends that you don't think need to be checked on. Just say hi. Mm -hmm. You know, it brightens people's day. If they didn't need a lot of extra help, it still will make them smile. If they did need a lot of extra help, you could be that one thing that makes them realize someone cares about them today. Yeah. So we talk about mental health. There's a couple things I like to say up front. 
And I think it's important for folks to hear, which is that you, your mental health does not necessarily mean you can or can't or should and should not have a relationship, right? So you're not inherently unworthy. Or do kink things. Or do yeah. kink or do... things, sex right. things, relationships, friends. You can be mentally ill and still have all of those things. So we like to talk about strategies. What you're, mm-hmm. what you're actually going through may be different than what I'm going through. So your strategies might be different. But we just like to give folks strategies that we've seen that have worked for people that we know and have worked for us. If it doesn't work for you, that's not your strategy, right? Everybody doesn't need a cane. Some people do need a cane. If you don't need a cane, don't use it, right? That's all it is, a strategy. So I, I just want folks to know that just because you need strategies doesn't necessarily mean you can't have successful, fulfilling, healthy, loving, sexy, filthy relationships. And I also want people to realize that the world is a fucking mess right now. And if you were not struggling six months ago, but now you feel like you've just, you're not in the same place that you were and your relationship to things like kink and sex are just weird because you see so much sadness and death and just enraging shit every single day on your phone. That's actually a super normal response to the things that we've been looking at on our phones every day um and it also again doesn't mean that you can't have sex be involved with kink everything else like that but i think pushing down those feelings and not acknowledging them is the recipe for disaster absolutely and i wanted to personally talk about the two extremes that i see folks go through when they're having a um a mental a menti b as we say a men- <laughs> <laughs> menti b mental breakdown time out menti b <laughs> when you're having a time out i've had like 17 <laughs> this month so mm-hmm. i get it but um so the two strategies i see people do sometimes is either they become completely not interested in sex at all like the idea could even be repulsive like what the fuck are you talking about even normal kinky people with healthy appetites could just be like i am not the fuck interested in that like how Mm -hmm. could you even come at me like that and then i've also seen people who are suddenly like filled with this voracious passion they are like i have to go out and get laid or do the kink right now like i want to be alive i want to feel something because i'm so going through something you know Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think either one of those is necessarily bad or wrong I just think that folks should just be aware and be able to communicate that clearly and I think sometimes in relationships one partner will have one response and the other person might have the other response and being able to be like however you want to show up is how you show up not judging someone for their want of sex or lack of want of sex based on Mm -hmm. how they're feeling mentally and sometimes having the sex might be good sometimes not having the sex might be good like really your minty b is yours you have to decide if that's going to be helpful for you is it going to bring you joy and get you in your body or is it going to take you to a weird place and you're going to be sad that you opened yourself in that way and that's about that Mm -hmm. radical honesty we have to have because even me as a total kinky person sometimes i need to be able to say no in order to have my full feelings. And then sometimes I need to just let loose and be with my partner and enjoy what we're doing right now without focusing on the intricate details of um, my stuff. Like me, for instance, I'll say like, I have contact, I have complex PTSD. So with CPTSD, 
things that happened in the past can feel like they're happening right now. And so mm. I can be in a completely different situation and suddenly I'm like remembering a thing or I've t- totally f- like time traveled backwards. And now I'm mm-hmm. in a bad situation, you know? And so it did take me having to have conversations with myself and being like, that was then, this was in 1994, you know, like it's 2023 right. now, you, you, you're a grown up, none of the, you're, that's not your body. You're somewhere anymore. safe. You're somewhere yeah. safe. Yeah. So having those conversations with myself over and over so now when I do have a flashback, I, I know like I'm having a flashback, like I'm mm-hmm. not really trapped in a bad memory or a bad experience. And so some of that, you have to talk to yourself yeah. through the process. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I, I think too, like, I know that you've been to therapy. I've also been to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love one it. of the things therapist amazing honestly, like it's really fucking great. And if you don't think it's great, you don't have the right therapist, get another one. Um, I so one of my things is depression and my depression is like it's one of those things where um I don't know have you ever seen Howl's Moving Castle yes you know that part where he comes in and his hair is the wrong color and he just starts fucking melting (laughs) just won't move and he just starts fucking melting into slime just I'm dead now I can't move like that is what my entire body will do and like it took a lot to like figure out a what some of those triggers were and b to like notice I was heading to a melt because if I really truly melt like I'm just going to be melted for a couple Mm -hmm. days and it's not going to be cute um and so realizing what your triggers are realizing what the signs are that you're starting to slide and then finding healthy coping mechanisms um I don't necessarily think sex is an unhealthy coping mechanism unless you're doing it in an unhealthy way um you know, like if you're going out and picking up strangers and having completely unsafe sex, that is a little bit unhealthy. The unsafe part, really, the stranger part, that's on you. Um, but if you're doing it in a way that is safe and, you know, maybe with people that you already know or people that you're in a public place that's like a kink place so people can keep an eye on you or whatever, like that is a different story if that's one of your coping mechanisms. Um, there are other ones, like you can also like, start to see like which of my coping mechanisms are unhealthy and I should not do that or I should be concerned if I see myself doing that and you can also see like which of my coping mechanisms are weird but kind of fine um Mm. I tend to roast things when I'm depressed (laughs) roast what like whole birds (laughs) so you do a lot of like cooking birds when you're depressed you're like I have to I mean I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's it's been a coping mechanism since like early adulthood. Um, it's probably because I grew up food insecure and that like having a lot of food that I know I'm, I know that I'm going to be okay food wise. Like if everything else in my life is fucked, at least I have this chicken for the next few days. Like, I guess maybe that's what my brain is trying to do. Um, but yeah, I will, I will do that. Um, but that's like not an unhealthy coping mechanism, right? But yeah. if I find myself like drinking alone in a bathtub, I'm like, Mm-mm-mm, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a good point. Noticing patterns that you do. Like I definitely had a time where when I was depressed, I would just find the most obscure party and I, I didn't know anyone. And I would just go there and fuck a bunch of people and make some bad decisions. And I get to leave and feel guilty. And, you know, I don't regret right. anything I've done, but I also know that, maybe I should have could have been better 
Yeah, I could have handled that a little better, right? <laughs> could have been a little, could have been a little safer. Could have been a little better. Yeah, right. maybe somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. could have knew where I was. I'm glad those people weren't murderers or whatever. But you know, like, right? I could have taken more precautions. And I think one of the ways you know when you're having your mentee be is if you're doing things where you stop taking precautions. Like, yes. Oh, we're yes. going to this scene, but oh, you don't have to worry about a condom, or oh, you don't have to worry about cleaning that off, or you don't have to worry. Like, if you stop caring about right. safety measures. That's a bad mm-hmm. sign. Don't set up a scene where the other person playing with you could like have legal issues because you don't regard safeguards or something like that. Like, don't set mm-hmm. someone up to hurt you for you, which happens right. sometimes. With, with it kids. really does. Like I, I've run into that personally, and I've lot. also run into like secondhand stories. I there was a story of a bottom who um was playing with a friend of mine who was a knife top and like basically like rammed her thigh into that knife so that Mm -hmm. the knife like fully stabbed her in the thigh which is not something that he wanted to do but she was not in a great place and that's a thing that she did I mean these are things that like really fucking freak out a top don't do that shit and as a top if I'm in a bad place I'm just not gonna play that night because if I'm not centered and if I don't feel like I'm in a good place I'm not gonna play and as a bottom you should really kind of be thinking the same thing like if you're so off center that you can't you know express boundaries you can't um, keep an eye on safety both from the top and the bottom you know you can't you're not feeling anything so you can't make a good judgment as to when's too much yeah, if you're like, completely those are the... numb, that's that's mm-hmm. a really because you're not even paying it. You're not even there. I'm not even playing with you. You're mm-hmm. gone. I just I'm if you're your chemically numb, mm-hmm. if you're chemically numb, that's pretty much the same thing. Because, like I said, uh, who among us has not drunk alone in a bathtub? But that but, is not the time that I would go play with someone. But I'm also <laughs> gonna say for our um, mentally ill baddies, if you're switching medications on and off and you don't quite know how you handle this new thing yet that's not the time to try a new kink right also let your let your tops and lovers know yeah if it's just, if it's just tell us yeah just especially tell us. if you're into it, like a lot of mental role play stuff if you want to do some shit with your head you got to let me know who i'm working with informed consent right i should mm-hmm. know if you have an issue with something that we're about to be directly poking at even if it's not something that you think is going to affect a scene it's still nice to let people know because your medication could cause vertigo. Your medication could cause a lack of interest in sex that you didn't have before. Your medication could cause nausea, all the things, you know, like if you're, if you're in the middle of either a med change or a new med, just tell your partners, even if they're casual, because if they're shitty about it, they're not the right people to be in your life. Fuck right off. If you tell someone like, Hey, I'm on a new antipsychotic and it makes me this. If they have some, if they feel a way about that, about you taking care of yourself medically, they can fuck right off. You know, <laughs> I remember being in relationships where I was on Wellbutrin, and you know, something about it just made me not horny. I felt like sterile, and so my partner Wellbutrin wanted, does that. Yeah, so my partner had this really high sex drive, and they wanted to fuck all the time. And I'm like, I don't even have a vagina. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know. It just, it just didn't. It just, I, it, I just felt so disconnected from my body that I couldn't even. And I'm, you know, I'm a pretty interesting person when it comes to that. But I just, I had no, mm-hmm. no interest in it whatsoever. And so that was a conflict in our relationship. And it took me, I want to say, about 
three months before I got a real libido back when I was on well Beatrice. So mm-hmm. that is your is your kink relationship. Like sometimes I think when people have kinks where they're like super, super into them, and then if you start taking the medication, it'll take some of the edge off. So now mm-hmm. you're not as into that thing. You still maybe like high heels, but you don't necessarily want to walk around in them all day like you had previously. Like it just right. changes how much you like it sometimes. So that's something to be aware mm-hmm. of too. If you're if you have this like deep passionate frenzy about something. Um, is that real? Is it mania? Is it, you know, situational? Like trying to be like aware of the patterns of how you're interested mm-hmm. in things. Cause then sometimes you can um, bring that back up when you're feeling low. Like I really like mm-hmm. the heels in this way. So when I'm bad, when I'm like in a bad mood, I can do it in a really specific way that'll help me make my libido go higher than, than mm-hmm. like in the standard way. Maybe that doesn't affect me like it used to. I don't know if that makes It's it. Yeah. Yeah, I also think too, like letting people know what's going on with you in general is helpful. Like, I'm not just, I don't have just depression, I have seasonal depression. So I get extra on top of my normal depression, depressed during the wintertime when there's no sunlight. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was just talking uh, to Jackie before we started recording, like, we're at the time of year where I'm starting to like wonder how long I can leave my tree up before people start to worry because the Christmas lights really like help my mental health and actually the diffused light helps like everything going on with my brain which you know we can sit here all day and talk about whether ADHD is a mental illness or not but it's a thing um but anyway um yeah like there have been years where I've left my Christmas tree up to like damn near Valentine's Day because it is like the thin the thin line that's keeping the light in my house during the dark time um and so like being aware of things like that too because that can also first of all like darkness and cold like my whole body's just generally hurting and shitty for like three months but also like like you said when people are just like sex now I'm just like I guess I mean it's four (laughs) o'clock and pitch dark and the world is bleak and nothing will ever be joyful again but sure let's take off my panties like I'm just (laughs) I've always felt like winter is like masturbation time. It's not like sex time. It's like I can masturbate under my big, big covers and then go to fuck the bed. But I don't necessarily want you all up on me. Like, you know, it's winter time. But then in the summertime, I could fuck everybody. I don't know. Oh, my God. Hot slut summer. Like, for real. Like, take (laughs) off all my clothes. I'm just going to be naked from, like, I don't know, April-ish to, like, October. Is that great? That's great. Um. Literally that. So yeah, like, but if you communicate these things to your partners, they'll be like, ah, okay. And, you know, talk about what that looks like for you, because that doesn't for me mean I don't want to ever be approached for sex when it's dark. It just means it might take me a minute to like realize, oh, yes, I do like sex and would like to have it with you rather than my usual, like my panties were already off when you started talking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It cycles. I mean, once you've been a slut for so long, it's not going 100 miles an hour every single day like some mm-hmm. days you're up some days you're down and then yes even sluts have minty bees and so some days we're mm-hmm. really down and some days we're really up if you're one of the lucky manic ones i'm a manic sometimes but not always and i say oh, must be nice let like... me borrow some of that energy jesus no, Christ. It's, it's usually like manic just enough to ruin my life and then they get depressed about never it. mind <laughs> So, yeah so it's really i know we say communication every single time but like seriously communication especially if you've been in relationships that you have people in your life that have been there for a minute 
or someone new in your life that's special to you that you want to stay around like this is not someone you just picked up at a party real quick um tell them what's happening with you they care or they wouldn't be there you know what I mean like I want to say what are some green flags for you green flags where you were either having a mentee be or somebody you know was going through something and you felt like okay this relationship is going to be successful or healthy even though somebody involved is having a problem you know like what's a green flag because I do have a couple Mm -hmm. yeah so just like I said communication definitely like if they're willing to listen and care about what's going on with me and I'm willing to listen and care about what's going on with them um also them asking great follow-ups like what do you need when this is happening yeah and then being able to also tell me like hey when this is happening here's the best thing for me if you could do that that would help me out a lot or if I'm around you and this triggers whatever here's what you know just like knowing these things if you don't yet know these things then communicating like I don't no, sometimes I get triggered this way and I'm not real sure how to get out of that just yet, but it might, it's a mm-hmm. thing that might happen. Um, so that's a huge green flag. Um, yeah. A huge green flag again is healthy boundaries. Mm. So if someone yeah. says, if someone says like, Hey, I have been having a really bad ADHD day and I can't like read numbers currently. And also I can't read small text. So I'm pretty sure I can't come at you with a knife today, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> so like you know be and because that means like hey I care enough about you to not want to hurt you yeah you know or not put us in a position where shit's about to fuck up um so things like that um being really honest and like letting people know like I care about you and I know we really had this super intricate needle scene planned but I can't like I can't brain today um uh also just kind of green flags are just people like I said that are like supportive like it's crazy to me how many partners I've had looking back that just weren't fucking supportive Mm. and I didn't even realize how shitty that was until I started like only being around people that were supportive and not letting people that were shitty stay in my life um because you shouldn't feel like if you're having a bad day that you're everybody else's problem and everybody hates you unless that's your mental illness talking in which case don't listen to it. If your partners are right there literally saying we love you, don't think we don't. Listen to them, not your mental illness. But like if you truly have partners that are just like, ugh, you're having another day where you can't get out of bed, ugh. Fuck off. Yeah, like fuck off. I have enough to fucking deal with without you adding to the shit. Just fuck right off. Go do something on your own while I fucking lay here and watch Pride and Prejudice for the 19th time today. Fuck off. Like <laughs> I don't need your bullshit today. My favorite (laughs) types of folks, I think, are the ones who, regardless of whatever they they have or are going through, it's giving them a sense of empathy that affects how they treat everyone around them. And Mm -hmm. everybody ain't like this. Everybody ain't like this. But I've noticed that the folks I know who are depressed, they go out of their way to be, not all of them, but a lot of them go out of their way to be kind to people because they would never want anyone to feel the way they feel. Or someone exactly. who is, you know, struggling in their mind would try to be clear to other people because they would never want to confuse you the way they feel confused. Mm-hmm. Like it creates a sense of empathy. So for me, yep. I look for people with empathy regardless, but especially if you're struggling in yourself, um, 
I think we can't always tell how our mental illnesses are going to come out. Like I'm speaking from mm-hmm. experience. Like I have folks in my family with dementia. Dementia is a whole thing. And Jesus Christ, it's a whole thing. The way they show up and the way, you know, they may think they're acting is not necessarily where they're acting. Da, 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 right. But then when you see right. folks who have dementia, using it as an example, who they may not even remember who they're talking to, but they still know that they love this person. They still feel a sense of like, I, hey, I don't know you, but I know I, I know you care about me. I feel at home with you, right? They won't mm-hmm. even have the language to understand their situations, but something about their relationship with this person makes them treat them kindly, you know? And so for mm-hmm. me, mental illness, because I have mine, it makes me want to treat people with kindness because I don't know- Yes where they're coming from i don't know how people could pop off i don't know where you know there's like mm-hmm. zones on this planet somebody could have immigrated from a literal place where you know whether yeah. the trauma was no, born we, or created you know like so where where i live there, there is a family that um got here from the ukraine and they got here early last summer and we have a really big 4th of July festival where I live. And we, you know, the people they're staying with were like, hey, there's going to be fireworks. It's going to be really loud. We can take you out of town somewhere quiet if that's what you prefer. And they're like, no, we can handle it. Apparently, they were not fine because mm-hmm. those loud noises sounded like a war and they yeah. freaked out. So, like, you never fucking know what people are going through and what they're coming from. Um, it's a big deal, like, to, like, think about the fact that like you don't know the stack of things that led someone to this mental health moment that they're having right now absolutely Um, that being said part of communicating boundaries with kindness and being kind and supportive is letting people know when they're not acting okay but in a Mm -hmm. kind way correct because that also is a green flag to me um if someone is being an asshole because they're having a meant to be you can tell them that you can be like Mm -hmm. hey I'm not okay with you talking to me like this. I know you're really stressed out and I want to be here for you, but I'm not okay with you talking about like, you can't, this tone is not working for me. You know, you can really set your own boundaries too. Just because someone has a mental illness doesn't mean they get to do whatever the hell they want all the time and run ripshot over your life. That's a really great point. And I've also seen sometimes where folks are like, I have this illness and you have this illness, but obviously mine's worse. So I should be getting right off what, you know, so, or like, you know, like people try to decide who is the most or who's had the worst. And and so honestly, I'm not here to compare nobody's stuff. And Mm -hmm. the the kindness conversation really came up from, I, I had a friend and I thought I was being really supportive to her because I knew she was going through some mental illness. And, you know, this is me after years and years of therapy and books and podcasts and going to, a, you know, meetings. Like I've been working on my shit for years and years. And I guess when I was thought I was being supportive, she took it some kind of way. And maybe I wasn't being supportive. That's, that's impossible. You know, it's possible. But whatever it is, her response to me was, you'll never know what it's like to have this kind of mental illness you'll never know what it's like to have to struggle kind of energy you know and it's like even if I'm handling something incorrectly because I'm not a medical professional and most of the people you meet are not medical professionals but there has to be a level of like I'm trying to help you but that doesn't mean you get to say 
what I'm going through is not relevant ever. Or, you mm-hmm. know, you don't get to decide who's the only person who has problems here. Like, exactly. We all, everybody got something. If it ain't a mentee B, you got a physical issue, you got, you need some money, you know, you need, you know, economy, mm-hmm. divorce, everybody got something. And so we're not going to play those kind of games with each other as well. And I do think sometimes it can show up in our interpersonal relationships. I think sometimes power disparities, even sometimes if one partner ends up being more of a caregiver to another one because you're really going through your mental stuff right now. So your partner ends up taking more and more of a load on like, and that's when we have to be aware of the relationships that we're in and whether we're doing our due diligence for ourselves enough Mm -hmm. that it's not becoming a now community burden or a community problem. Like if, if I'm not taking care of my issues to the point where it's affecting my partners and other people, then something has to be done. It can't just be yeah. I get to hurt everyone around me because I had a bad childhood or I had a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like you're not the only one who has problems. You don't get to hurt everyone. Literally that. And I think that like one of the cool things about the queer kink community, especially, is that I do see efforts at community care on a number of levels. Um, but what I want to see is what you just said, more boundaries around people whose mental health is not in check. They can't just act however they want. Like, we can still love you and care about you, but you have to get some help or you can't be here because and your that, behavior is affecting everybody else. That's really hard because on the one hand, I'm not trying to be the community cop who says who can and can't be around here. But on the other hand, if your mental illness has community-wide repercussions because of you not handling yourself i don't know what to say i don't want to be like we should ostracize people or whatever no it shouldn't community i'm not trying to put none of that out there but at the same time you don't need to be a motherfucker to everybody exactly like it should be like you need to take a minute you need to get yourself back together we're here to support that but you can't just do whatever like your behavior is not acceptable right now like Saying someone's behavior is not acceptable right now is not the same thing as saying you can't have a mental illness. It's saying the thing that you're doing right now, the actual behavior, is not something we're going to accept and tolerate. Yeah, can we get back to canceling behaviors? Like, we don't like these behaviors, so that's Mm -hmm. why you can't show up until you're no longer doing these behaviors. If you're committed to those those behaviors, Right, and those folks are the first people to say, I have a mental illness, that's why I did the thing. And it's like, cool, me too. A lot of people here have mental illnesses. You can't do that behavior. Literally, your behavior is creating mental illnesses all up and through this community. Possibly. And like... (laughs) It's your actions, not your mental illness. And I understand that, like, one, they might be correlated, but, like, that is why we go get help for ourselves so that we don't hurt other people. That's why we do that. Even if you don't think you're worth it, imagine that maybe the rest of us are and get yourself some help because it'll also help you, too. So (laughs) An unpopular opinion, but I don't know what the exact number is, but there is a number of people, once you've hurt that many folks then no, I don't think we should have to worry about you mm-hmm. coming around anymore. I'm not going to say what the that number is, true. is, but it ain't honestly that damn big, okay, y'all? Like, Well, and you- that's the thing. Like, If there are so many different stories about the same person doing the same sort of bad behavior, that's now a pattern. Mm-hmm. And again, we can first say your behavior is not acceptable, and then we can say this pattern of behavior has caused us to have to remove you from this space because you keep doing the same thing that you know is not acceptable. 
And also it's like community is something that everyone should have, but everyone does not automatically deserve the kink community. It's not like a grocery store that you have access to. It's like a right. We're not we're not EMTs. We're not Alcoholics Anonymous groups. We're not you know what I'm saying? And even and even Alcoholics Anonymous groups, you can be removed from you can be removed, yeah. But like we're not like a critical social service. Yes, it's great to have community and I love being able to welcome people into community and our community does a lot of great things for people's mental health, physical health, whatever. But like we are not social services when it comes down to it. You don't earn the right to be at a kink event forever, like because you're kinky. On the list of like rights that humans yeah, on the list of rights that humans intrinsically have going to the play party is not on the list i am sorry yeah. like so it is I'm, not right there next to housing and food and clothing like going to have sex with a bunch of random people is not on the list yeah so you can no matter how many times the, fuck the internet remote. wants to tell you that sex is on the list it's not on the list Mm-mm. it's not yeah. nobody has to have sex with you or interact with you in any way especially if you're acting like a complete dick a hundred percent. And so the thing that everybody forgets is that if you want to do kink and have relationships and even fun platonic friends who maybe butt fuck you sometimes or whatever you're into, you have to be able to have social skills, mental illness or nah. And if your social skills suck with all these people that you're, you know, then yes, you constantly can your, hurting. Yeah, yeah, you can get your privileges revoked. Okay, you can get kicked off a bus for acting like an asshole. You think you're not gonna kicked out of a sex club? Right. And again, like I said, the queer kink community is really supportive and loving for the most part. We have a really broad, wide range of behavior that we consider normal. If you're autistic and you don't act like the quote unquote normal that you would expect from like a school child, we're not going to be on your case about that in the queer kink community. We're talking about people that are autistic kinksters groups and like. You know, I've seen. I would argue at this point that like a good fifty percent of the queer kink community is probably somewhere on the autism spectrum. I mean, you said it, and I won't disagree. But (laughs) some of us hide it better than others. But a lot of us are definitely on the autism spectrum. Which, like I said, whether or not autism is a mental illness, I'm not here to debate that shit. I don't want to get involved in all of the crazy anti-vax mom down the rabbit hole propaganda as to what fucking causes it, how it works, whatever. I'm not here for it. I don't care. But like some of the same things about how you have to interact with other people and like learn how to interact with other people in a quote unquote normal way is what people on the autism spectrum have to learn. And like I said, some of us are much better at hiding it than others, unless we're in a bad moment, but even the people that are not quote unquote good at hiding it. Cause you know, I don't necessarily think autistic people should have to hide being autistic. I think that's actually really damaging, but that's a whole other podcast episode. Um, the kink community is totally fine if you bring your stem toy or if you have a tick or if you whatever like if you're louder than everybody else or if you have to wear headphones and earplugs because you don't like loud noises we're totally good with that we're talking about the people that are doing behaviors that are damaging to others like touching people without without asking asking, um saying stealing things from people interrupting scenes um saying terrible things about other people for no Mm. type of reason you know what i mean like making violent threats i have definitely had a moment where it was a very 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 long time ago i had to ban someone from a little munch because they made violent threats toward us on the internet and then wanted to show up to the munch and i'm like how i don't like you're clearly mentally ill like i can just see it 
but also i cannot let someone that's made violent threats to the thing you can't come to the thing even though you apologize you can't come to the thing now because you've made violent threats like that's a line you know what i mean we used to get a lot of people who would show up to our munch and then like expose themselves like expose their genitals and stuff and then like Mm -hmm. blame it on autism to be like oh i just didn't know that fuck off take your dick out in this bar i just fuck off you know know better and it's like literally that it's like you can't tell me you don't know social norms enough to know that you can't take your dick out in this restaurant like don't that's like, come on illness you're using that you're just an asshole you're literally, just an asshole literally meanwhile uh, there's uh, like five other autistic people here at the munch who all kept their clothes on and are having a nice conversation so you can't make that to be about seriously whatever like the what the fuck about. you know what i'm saying and yeah i, I, no. I actually found that um for me kink munches were like a little easier to navigate because people usually made the clear the rules like really clear like we're not fucking Mm -hmm. here we're just talking we're hanging out keep your clothes on so because it was super clear i would i felt less pressure than i did at some of the other like maybe more lgbt vanilla mainstream kind of events i hate those events they're all small talk and i hate it so fucking much jesus christ jesus christ i hate it i do not want to hear anything further about your dog show me a picture of the dog the dog is cute put the phone away thank you i I just mine i like looking at all those studs they're so cute i just want to put them in my pocket Uh (laughs) anyway boundary crossing we'll go we'll go there a different day anyway um but yeah no i think actually like the king scene is great for people that have the sorts of either autism spectrum or mental illnesses that make it so that social rules are like a little fuzzy because everything is direct communication we strongly encourage that all the time and it's great yeah so like if if you're at a place super pedantic about it you can be as specific as you want about your kink Mm -hmm. you can have journals you can make your home movies you can do anything about your kink so that's kind of the cool thing too is if you want to hyper focus on a thing you can like fall into the world of a specific kink and just get really into a topic that nobody cares about but you i really like that Mm -hmm. sometimes for my mental illness because i'm just like let me think about something that makes me feel good so today i'm obsessed with doll dolls or something like that so then i can just have Mm -hmm. my whole doll fantasy day not think about the crippling depression that is going to eat me alive (laughs) i just can play with my exactly (laughs) also like um there are a lot of mental illnesses that are like uniquely suited i think to ds especially Mm. um i have the kind of brain where i can't not hear things and it always gets filed somewhere um but as a result i could tell you like what my daddy from eight or nine um maybe 10 years ago what his favorite drink was because that got filed or you know what i mean like i could like i just have all of this like information in my brain and i remember things about people that they don't even remember that they told me because a lot of times they didn't tell me it was just like a detail i noticed while we were out you know (laughs) like (laughs) so i'll just like file that away like oh you don't like chocolate I've never seen you eat it and your Halloween candy was all not chocolate. So you don't like chocolate. Like I'll just file that away. And then later I'll be like, ah, when it's time to, you know, buy everybody candy or whatever, I'm not going to get you the chocolates. So things like that are, are just like uniquely suited to people that either hyper fixate or can't not hear things and file everything away in their little memory bank. Um, Super great for anything related to DS. Um, 
detail-oriented submissives are amazing. That being said, if you are someone that really obsesses about details, trust me, your dominant thinks you're doing a good job. You can chill out. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm yeah, more like of a, a road dog submissive. I'm more of a like a vibe setter. I don't have. I don't remember all the details, <laughs> but we're gonna have a good time regardless. <laughs> you know, it's like a... honestly, that's another thing that's like great. Like another asset to the kink community for mental, like the party people, mental illness people, mm-hmm. the people that are just like I'm loud and we're having a great time. Those are great for people that walk into the club anxious right like if you have an anxiety disorder then like somebody like you in the club that just wants everyone to smile and like have a good time that is great for people that weren't sure if these people were going to be nice because here you are just being nice and like introducing yourself right away right like that's what I mean when I say we're like so loving and supportive because we see that person with anxiety that's not talking to anybody and we'll go over and say hi whereas the amount of times in the street community, nobody's fucking said hi to me when I'm in a room full of kinksters Girl. that I don't know. I, and I'm just like, you flew me all the way out here to teach a class and nobody's saying hi to me at this fucking mixer. Yeah. Make that make sense. Because they're all scared or everybody's awkward and nervous and it's just like... God only knows. I don't yeah. I don't know. But like in the in the queer scene, there's always people looking for those folks to make sure they feel welcome. At least that's been my experience. So I am like... I I love that we make so much space for those folks. Yeah. Um, I love that we are really willing to like, if someone says like, here's a thing I might need if we're playing with that person, like I have yet to see someone be like, well, you can't wear your headphones during the scene. I don't care yeah. or whatever. Like people really make space and, and are just kind of like, I think as queer and trans people were already weird. So, like, we're not going to judge you for being even weirder. Like, we're already kinky, queer, trans people, right? Like, we're queer and we're dressed like a dog in the middle of public. So, we don't care that you have a STEM toy with little pop bubbles. Like, yeah. that's the least weird thing at this point. <laughs> I think I think for myself, when I think about mental health, it really makes me want to, like, decolonize my idea of what a healthy mind is. Yes. And- I we have all these words we're using for people's mental states but some of these I don't even know if they're really accurate to who people are and how they show up because Mm -hmm. you know people are a lot of different things all at once even well and so much of mental health historically has been about making people normal correct it hasn't been interested in making people healthy it's been interested in making people normal and those are two very different things Look, hysteria hysteria for women was considered a mental illness because, God forbid, they wanted to think for themselves and have orgasms and not be controlled by men. Um, Wanting to escape slavery was a mental illness because, God forbid, black people didn't want to be slaves. Being Mm -hmm. homosexual was a mental illness because, God forbid, you wanted to have sex with whoever you wanted to have sex with sodomy just by itself like the act of it you know like there's so many things that were considered mental illnesses that were just people anything gender transgressive was considered a mental illness until like five seconds ago and the right (laughs) is trying to get it recategorized immediately like it's a mess just it's a mess and so that doesn't mean that you should just abandon the entire mental health you know situation and be like fuck these people they don't know anything about me but you should definitely try to find a queer or trans friendly therapist and a kink friendly therapist that's gonna like meet you where you are and make sure you're somewhere healthy not somewhere normal because those are two different things 
One thing to remember also is that literally every single thing in medical science has been assumed to be off the basis of a white man who's about That's heterosexual. Two, and you know, he's he's an Aryan wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, he's wealthy, he's heterosexual. Mm-hmm. So it's well, concerned with his wife, his kids, his property. He's about a you know a buck thirty, buck forty. Like he's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like for real. This is so the imaginary yeah. guy in your head. Oh no, he he's the he's the male symbol on the bathroom. Like he's literally yeah. just a generic man, and mm-hmm. your brain is determined to be healthy for how closely it aligns to his values and morals. Not more just- more specifically, he's like a guy on European money that you don't recognize. Correct. And so Mr. Like, guy in the collar on the money. Mr. Yeah. Guy Mr. probably does think you're crazy. You know, Mr. Guy probably does think you have a mental illness because you want to have rights and think you should be able to vote. You know? Right. So, <laughs> so don't, so whatever you have going on, like, yes, you should get the help you need. Yes, you should talk to people. But also like some of this is you're just being compared to an imaginary white man and whether or not they would approve of how you live and think and function. And so- well, also like talking to the right people is really important because I remember like the first time I got a therapist that was actually good um I had told her that I'd been feeling really depressed and this was like before I really even started addressing my depression in any way shape or form so I was having melts that were lasting like I don't know months Mm. um (laughs) it was cool I wasn't leaving my house it was great it's a good time um but anyway yeah super fun uh yeah but anyway so I told her I was feeling depressed and I told her that like everything in the world was like super overwhelming and it just didn't look like things were going to be okay. And she was just like, so you're young and female and the world actually is a mess. It makes sense that you're depressed. And like having someone express that, like everything around me was making me crazy. Not that I was just independently crazy was super fucking helpful. So, like, finding the right kind of person to talk to that's not just going to be, like, you're depressed, here's some pills, but, like, actually be, like, first of all, it makes sense how you got here. Yeah. Let's explore that, and then let's get you to some place so that you can deal with all these circumstances that you cannot change. Yeah. I or that. if it's things that happened in the past, let's get you to a place where you can deal with these things in your past that you cannot change, but you can change the future. Let's Let's work on that. So yeah, like finding that, like, the right, yeah, mm-hmm. finding the right kind of therapist is super important. And if you don't feel like you can tell your therapist anything, if you don't feel like your therapist is really listening to you, if you feel like your therapist is judging you, you should get another therapist. Yeah, you really should. Them. You're paying them. They're literally working for you and they should have your best interest at heart. And like, that doesn't mean like if they tell you something you don't want to hear, just go ahead and fire them. But like, if you really feel like you can't talk to your therapist, that's literally their only job. So you should probably get another therapist. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel you like, should... cause not everyone's a match. I've had therapists from like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Not everyone's a match. I think addressing the material concerns that are, are our lives is really important. Cause sometimes I'm having a mental breakdown and sometimes I'm just poor. And they feel thank the same. you. <laughs> Jesus they fucking Christ, thank you. Like like sometimes I feel like I'm overwhelmed because I'm actually overwhelmed. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the like the amount of mental health improvement that happens when you're financially stable, your housing is stable, your food is stable, your relationships are stable. Right. 
that's a big deal. And those are all outside factors for the most part. Like, yeah, you could be working toward getting a better job or getting a better partner or whatever. But like, generally speaking, a lot of that shit's somewhat out of your control. Yeah, I know. Like, especially the food housing part. Like, whenever I talk about mental health, someone's like, oh, you should just get a therapist or "Oh, you should just try this resource. And I know we just did that earlier. So I'm not trying to shit on anyone who's trying. But there are situations where sometimes you just have to all you can afford right now is whatever you can do to with yourself or whatever your situation reason is. Like sometimes you just got to make your own little affirmations, make yourself feel good and just Mm -hmm. talk to yourself like an outside party, like not like, Oh, this stupid asshole. Like you're bullying yourself. That's not going to help whatever your mental really is. So you have to talk to yourself. That's one of the things I do. I know. I'm so mean. I hear myself do it. And so I I had a friend a long time ago that I was saying some terrible things about myself. I can't even remember what I was saying. And she stopped me and said, hey, you're really, or what did she say? She said, "Um, I don't like what you're talking about my friend right now. And I was like, oh, that is me. I am friend. Yeah. (laughs) it's like yeah if you wouldn't talk to anyone else like that you shouldn't talk to yourself like that either and i'm like yeah that's true yeah my friend (laughs) does me too but she does the aggressive version she'll be like listen here you old stupid bitch you know i love you girl what the fuck and i'll be like you're right you're right and then it's like it somehow it comes through better when i know she's yelling at me because if she was Mm. just nice i'd be like why are you doing this but when she's like shut the fuck up you know i love you i'm like you're right you do love me well i was taken aback because it was so nice like because i i because my dumb ass was looking around for the friend that's what it's like for hot for a hot second i was like what friend am i talking about oh damn it's me damn <laughs> i was legitimately like i'm not talking about any oh shit yeah mm-hmm. wow yeah. <laughs> so yeah i know we have to talk about a mental health and kink real quick is like um being aware enough about your mental health and not let other people use it against you because unfortunately yes kink and mental God. health can, you can attract like the exact wrong person for your specific thing like right someone can be like oh you have a fear of drowning well i just happen to be a waterboarding expert and we should just do it 15 times to make sure you're like you know exposure therapy we could fix you if yeah. you just let me drown you over and over again even when you don't want to do it anymore you're just fighting the healing process so right or you can going. you can meet the kind of quote unquote dominant heavy quotation marks that's just a fucking mental predator and Correct. it's like oh you have a fear of being alone I'm gonna leave you alone whenever I'm mad at you oh you don't yeah. like when people yell I'm gonna yell at you for no reason like you could really find yourself with someone that's fucking terrible and like dominants that are bad doms especially like to pick on people that have the kind of mental illnesses that mess with their self-worth yes Yes, they like to pick That's on those why... people that you know they they consider them to be low hanging fruit because yeah. they have not yet done the work to like consider themselves worthy of more than this asshole, and yeah. so that asshole will come be like, "Hello, yes, I am a daddy dom." It's always a fucking daddy dom. But anyway, they'll be dom. like, "I'm so- a daddy dom," and. And you end up in this relationship where you weren't even aware how deeply, you know, you needed to work on your own sense of self-worth and a bunch of other things going on with you until this person exploited it so fucking badly. Until you're in a cult, correct. So so the only thing I was going to say is that knowing your triggers, and we mentioned this in a previous episode, but like giving a fake trigger to see if they're going to use that against you to be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely scared of dogs to see if they're going to bring a dog around mm-hmm. you. So you need to be, like, once you know... Or setting triggers, a fake boundary to see if they freak out about a boundary. 
Yes. So once you know your triggers, don't tell other people your specific trigger. The trigger information is for you to know. It's not for you to share, but you can be like, okay, like for instance, let's say um, drowning. We're going to use that example, right? Let's say I I have a history of drowning and my trigger is if water gets in my nose, I can just tell my partner, hey, listen, I've had problems with drowning as a fear of mine. I really don't like it if that's someone I trust, right? But I don't have to tell them, don't put water in my nose. I don't have to be as specific because that information could be used against me. And if I was going to do a fake version, then I would say, oh, I'm, you know, I get claustrophobic if I have covers over my head because I want to see if they're going to try to put the covers over my head well before I would ever trust them with the knowledge of my actual fear of drowning. Like I would, Mm -hmm. I would have a first the covers see if anything happens if nothing happens for a while then I could confess the drowning but I still wouldn't tell them the intimate details of like my camp counselor da, 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 da. you know I might not because sometimes right. people still come back around once they know that one thing and mm-hmm. they really try to hurt you with it and that I, yeah I'm sorry and that's real fucky it's fucked up it's, it's a fucked, fucked up. up thing if they do that you should leave immediately because it's not a good it's- not a good sign but a lot of times you'll going. be deep in a relationship with somebody and then they will convince mm-hmm. you that it's just oh, it was somehow like cathartic yeah. and that it was it's somehow for your own good and yeah. i yeah yep yeah. um on the on the flip side of that coin uh kink is not a substitute for therapy and okay. submission is not a substitute for learning how to be an adult we've gone over right. this a bunch of times in previous episodes but i just want to say it one more time if you can't adult on your own, you should not just be a submissive and expect someone else to do it for you. That's not going to work. And how about being a dominant does not automatically make you a leader? It just means somebody's nope. following you, but you're not automatically a leader because you could be. You don't know where you're going. Off a fucking cliff. Exactly. Exactly. So. But yeah, especially I've especially seen submissives with mental illness, especially completely unchecked mental illness. Is what I'm talking about here. Not like books that are like, I have this, but I'm managing it this way but people that are just like have not done any type of work on whatever's going on with them will get into a yeah will get into a a ds relationship and expect that to mean i no longer have to make decisions for myself i no longer have to take care of myself as an adult i no longer have to learn how to do adult things i don't want to do like set up a bank account and you know all the boring adult things you have to do like pay for my own car insurance all that kind of thing like i have definitely seen that happen with submissives um and not just young submissives i've seen some old ass motherfuckers Mm -hmm. that you know better that bring their ass to a dominant and kneel down and the dominant's thinking they're going to get like a mutually supportive, really lovely DS relationship, but instead they get a mess they have to clean up and they really like the person. So they'll try to do it. I've been in that position before where I really liked someone that's been severely mentally ill and they're not taking care of it. And it was a disaster and it was awful. And I do not wish this on anyone else. And now knowing what I know, I would definitely be more of a bitch and cut it off early. Mm -hmm. But back then I was like, this is a super sweet individual. He's just a big old mess. And maybe if I can help steer him in the direction of, you know, mental health services, this, that, and the third, no, that is not your job. Um, If you are with someone and they are trying their best and might need a little extra help, that's one thing. But if they're not really trying, if they're expecting you to do all the trying, I, I was going to yeah. say, I've also seen it with dominance where you, everybody yep. knows that the dom is completely nuts 
and mm-hmm. the whole household is just supporting some weird delusional mess nobody yep. wants to get them the help that they need or if you bring it up you feel like it's going to make them not feel dominant or whatever and now and you have a bunch often, of people supporting and enabling a bad situation well and oftentimes the reason that that happens is because the submissives have gotten themselves in a position where they no longer have their own finances and independence and yeah. we've gone over this in the money episode highly recommend listening to the money episode so you can make sure you don't end up in this position but you might end up with somebody that you think is lovely you're he's totally normal while you're dating dating and then when you get to the step of moving to his ranch all of a sudden the brakes come off and now you're doomsday prepping and you're making sure the bunker's full of cans and seed corn like that shit ain't normal and you don't know how to leave because you've given him your bank account so yeah there's a there's a level of fantasy and kink that can really make people go into delusion or hallucination mm-hmm. or like and I love a good delulu like the next person, but I still <laughs> keep a um a life jacket on you know like I'm not... right and I, I just I get it you really want to trust someone and you know fully trusting someone and surrendering feels amazing, mm-hmm. but doing it in the long term you've got to be fucking practical about that shit. And even doing it in the short term, you've got to be fucking practical about that shit. Don't meet somebody at that weird hotel and not tell anybody where you're going because you've been doing hot, sexy surrender stuff online with someone you barely know. But look, Lola, you and I have both been in it when we've been like in that sub frenzy where our Dom, Mm -hmm. it's almost like they glow a little bit. Like they're just. Yep, they're like a god. Yeah. And you're you're worshiping them all the time. And, you know, whatever God tells you to do, you're going to go do it. And it's like, no, that, I mean, you know, again, having boundaries, even people I know that are in MS relationships Mm. have a way to express, hey, I don't think this is gonna be a good thing and they might get overruled because they've given up that no but they they at least have a way to express that in a healthy relationship and if they have a healthy dominant their dominant will take that into consideration and try to think what are they seeing that I might not have seen like unhealthy relationships like bad churches or like Sally Mae or you know like unhealthy relationships (laughs) they try to convince you to think a certain way you have to do something not that you should exactly so if you're in relationships or situations where you have to think a certain way let alone how you behave like your mind must think a certain way that's a bad Mm -hmm. sign like it really is it's a really bad sign like you should be wanting to joyfully do the thing mm -hmm. not sitting there like i'm not sure this is okay but i'm submitting now so I'm not going to say anything. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. or, or, you know, it's it's not. Or, you know, like I said, people that are in relationships from the top with someone from the bottom that has unchecked mental illness really can feel like you're the only thing holding them together. Mm-hmm. And it's a really scary place to be because you're like, if I leave, I don't think this person's going to be okay. But let's just say you real know? quick, you're not responsible for somebody else's mental health. I've oh, definitely I know. heard of people who are like, if I leave, they're going to hurt themselves or they're going to do mm-hmm. this and that. And like, that's really unfortunate what those people choose to do. But if You can not- say that though, but when you're in that position, it is really scary because you do care about that person. I mean, I was in that position and I told them that 
that is not fair like I literally yeah it's not fair but like again if they're like acutely psychotic or something like that you just saying it's not fair is not going to get through so it's a scary place to be um and I've been there like I said I've been there and I kind of had to wait it out and wait till this person was in a better place where I could have a conversation with them because it was really not going to end well when things were bad, bad, and things had been bad, bad multiple times over the course of a while, and they weren't getting better. And, you know, it just, it got, it got to be a lot. And again, I'm I'm not saying if you have severe mental illness, you don't deserve a relationship. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that like, if you expect your partner to be doing the majority of the work on your mental illness, that's a problem. I, I personally cannot be held hostage by your mental illness. I'm held hostage. That's exactly by what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mine true. Is holding me hostage every day. Okay. So it's not fair for me to be in this bank hostage situation and then the bank across the street say, whatever y'all do over there is going to affect us too. That's too many banks. It's not fair. You know, <laughs> it's not fair. So We're all like, in the bank with the guys with the guns. And then someone outside is like, I've got a bomb outside this bank. You're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> It's like, let me finish with Wells Fargo before y'all bring all this other stuff in here. That's not right. (laughs) So that's why it's really, maybe because I'm a ticking time bomb always, I'm just like, that's, I will set this off first before you set this off. So let's nobody set it off (laughs) because it's not fair that I'm not the one to get to set it off. So everybody be cool. Stop moving. It's like the Spider-Man meme. We're all just mentally ill pointing at each other. No, I posted a thing the other day to my Instagram stories because I was having a bad brain day and I was just trying to get through my fucking work day. And you know that scene from Pulp Fiction where they're just in the diner and they're like, oh, I love you. I love you. And then all of a sudden they're like, everybody be cool. This is a robbery. That's yes. exactly what my brain fucking did. It just hijacked my fucking day. And I was just like, why are you like this? I was just trying to get through my fucking work day. Why are you like this? Oh my God, girl. <laughs> I was having Christmas nightmares. Like I had a dream that like there was a monster in the dark but it was just holiday lights glimmering eerily so I just wake up from my dream and I see my Christmas tree in the hallway you know I can see the lights so it was just like a, a real life version of my dream coming true like there's oh light in the darkness and I'm like why am I having a mental illness moment about the fucking Christmas tree like I remember waking up in the night like, oh, like, like fucking Santa's gonna beat me up or something like what is wrong? Honestly the holidays are a trigger because I have been far away from the various relatives that are terrible people in my life and I had a fucking nightmare the night before Christmas Eve going into Christmas Eve about relatives that I have not seen in well over a decade so holidays are a fucking trigger even if you don't go home if you do go home I'm praying for you I swear to god I hope you come back okay um but yeah I had one too and in my dream I was in my parents house and I was being slut shamed and yelled at and I hadn't actually even done anything and I was just like I don't even know why I'm here right now why are you yelling at me like what the fuck is going on and I woke up just totally unsettled like no that was not okay I don't want to go back to sleep so like yeah it was just you know holidays are fucking triggers like I I have not been in that sort of situation since I was a teenager and my brain just was like "Mm, memory unlocked hello Merry Christmas to you thank you for that little extra gift thank you so much so yeah um holidays can get you down winter can definitely get you down triggers are often completely fucking random and have nothing to do with the price of tea in china you can see a thing that reminds you of another thing and that's all she wrote so like again knowing when you're starting to fall into those places and then knowing what your coping mechanisms are right like 
Mm. I had a really bad morning that morning. I woke up early. I wasn't actually at home. So that was cool. (laughs) Super fun to wake up next to somebody after having a nightmare and be like, "Mm, I don't want to wake them up for this. And so (laughs) I just like, (laughs) so I just went into the living room. Thankfully, my dog had come with me on this little trip. So I hung out with my dog. I journaled about it. And that got it out of my brain and I, you know, just kind of chilled out and like got myself back to center. Um, But I have these coping mechanisms now instead of just like being off kilter for the rest of my fucking day. Um, And then, like I said, like having people that are supportive, like, yeah, I didn't wake up the person, but when they woke up. I told them I had a nightmare and they cared, which is why we're friends. And (laughs) I was like still kind of in a weird like you know because I I don't have to tell anyone with childhood triggers that childhood triggers make you feel like you're about whatever age that situation was if that yeah. makes any sense mm-hmm. um so I was someone, that's what I call it literally fucking time travel so I was someone that developed early so I started getting slut shamed from when I was like I don't know nine or ten it was really cool wow. um but anyway yeah so I was like still kind of stuck there and I was like can we watch Muppet Family Christmas because that is from the mid 80s and it makes me feel like a child in a safe way yeah and so we totally watched a Muppet Christmas special and that made me feel much better I love that my coping mechanism is I like to draw dirty pictures um specifically Mm -hmm. because one I'm a kinkster but also like I had these memories of when I was young drawing and like not really understanding anatomy and then I drew something that had boobs on it and I got like yelled at because you know it had boobs on it boobs Um, and I I mean literally like a figure eight with two dots in it like you know like they're the, the, the the most kid version of boobs you could boob and I'm getting, <laughs> <laughs> like in first grade, you know what I'm trying to say? I knew what I liked, but mm. I just had this memory of like not being able to draw or being in, getting in trouble if I drew dirty pictures. So now as an adult, mm. or I'll just like draw a dirty picture and have it in a notebook and not feel like some authority figure is going to show up and yell at me for having nasty thoughts, you know? Mm. And so one of my coping mechanisms so to to feel like I'm in the, the body that I actually am is to do things that that child could never have done. So mm-hmm. I could have never drawn a dirty picture. I could have never hung out late. I could have never seen an R-rated movie. I could have never had a drink of alcohol. So I'll literally just do an adult thing and I'll be like, yep, I'm an adult. I am not that little child anymore because I can drive a car, you know? Right. <laughs> like I'm a big kid now. So mm-hmm. it's like my Yeah, just being just reminding yourself that you're someplace safe and that you're not in whatever that situation is is a huge help to me as well. And like I don't know. I just there obviously there are more mental illnesses out there than we can possibly catalog throughout mm. a short podcast. But you will find your coping mechanisms and you'll also find a way to recognize when something is triggering you. Because yeah, it was a nightmare, but like it was still bothering me. I couldn't get back to sleep. And I was like, okay, we're heading somewhere bad. How do I turn this around? What are my coping mechanisms? So like figuring that out and figuring out what the signs are that your mental illness is starting to like rear its ugly head yet again so that you can start backing yourself out of it right like there are just a lot of things you can do for depression talking to your friends is one that really helps and it's generally easy and free now that the internet exists right on your phone um and that, of course, when you're depressed is when you least want to talk to other people. So that's mm. when you definitely should talk to other people. 
Yeah, I have a couple of friends who, I don't know if we ever officially said this or unofficially, but if I don't call her within three to five days, she's going to check in with me. You know, if we haven't called Mm -hmm. or texted or sent memes, she's going to be like, what the fuck is going on at your house right now? (laughs) I need to see stories and memes from everybody in my group chat and or once a day or I'm like, where the fuck are you? Like, I need to know what's happening with you right now. If I have not seen a meme or a story from you, you know, on Instagram. At this point where I, because of the way the world is, I mean, if you can hear about what's going on in Palestine, Congo, all these places and not be sad, crying, angry all the time. Yeah. Then you have no soul. I don't know what the fuck you, then you, then you do whatever demons do, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You do whatever demons do and you have the rest of the rest of your life that you deserve. That's what you have. But the rest of us are going fucking through it right now, you know? Yes, we are. And so I assume everyone is on a scale of one to five on the losing my shit range every day. One is just the general numbness that I need when I'm clocked in at work so that I can keep doing things. And Mm -hmm. five is I can't work and I'm in my bathroom crying, throwing up and losing my mind, you know? So I'm on a one to five scale that I assume everyone is on at some point. And so when I talk to people, I'm just like, how are you doing? Based on their, I'm fine. Everybody says fine, even though they're not fine. <laughs> Nobody's their... fine. Nobody's fine right now. Nobody's I was going to say the, the fun thing about working from home is that you can just cry at work while looking at horrible pictures of people being massacred right there on your phone. Oh, you but just let me cry tell at you work. what I learned. You can cry at work regardless, bitch, because that's what I Oh, mean. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I mean, and it's. It's just, it, it makes you feel helpless and it makes you feel overwhelmed and it, it makes you feel like nothing good will ever happen again in the world. And I get it, but the fact that so many people are feeling and seeing the same thing that you're feeling and seeing mm-hmm. means that there's a movement. I'm also on Means team, that there are people that care. I'm, I'm on the team that I think black women should start crying everywhere. Like we're so strong all of this shit. I want to see more black women having breakdowns. You deserve it, babe. You know, stop holding Absolutely. It. Like if you need a minute, have yourself break- a little cry. Have yourself a little cry in the middle of the mall. It's fine. Girl, you can break down and then scoop it back up and put it back together again. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. do. But I'm so tired of watching people be strong, people not crying because some of y'all need to cry. Some of y'all need to have a breakdown so that you can figure out what the fuck is going on. You know, everybody's not Mm -hmm. actually in a good mood. A lot of y'all are faking the funk. And I maybe because I've had so many breakdowns, I can smell when somebody needs one. I walk around and I'll be like, yep, he needs to cry. He got tears from the third grade. (laughs) You know, like everybody. Like that one's wound up real tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's honestly like I I really appreciate being the person who has these struggles sometimes because then after I've had all of my cry, after all the snot in my body has left, when I'm literally just numb, I have nothing else left, I'm the person who will find the most unfunny part of it. I will make it hilarious. I'll start laughing like a maniac until I reach some new level of manic Narnia where I'm just like, laughing maniacally over the stupidest thing i'll just give myself those endorphins and then i can pick myself up and i will honestly enjoy my life a little bit better after i just had my fucking breakdown i don't know what it is i don't know the recipe but something after you cry real good it's like everything's a little bit brighter you know (laughs) like if you could get past the feeling 
and just experience mm-hmm. and have the experience sometimes the best things have come up right after the worst moments of my life also laughter and joy are both healing and they're also a rebellion mm-hmm. um they're what's going to keep us going because yeah. we can't just despair because again hello as someone that does depression on a melt level if you despair you get absolutely nothing done trust me on this one if you get get angry or if you're like if you do something to recharge and reset yourself then you have enough energy to go out and get the thing done instead of just sinking into absolute despair um so i highly recommend finding places of joy and like i said as an act of rebellion using your anger like you just said to get stuff done to go protest to go call your representatives if you think that you feel like screaming right now your representatives are great people to scream at absolutely you can call their voicemail and you can call them every swear word you've ever learned in your entire life until that voicemail cuts you off and it's really cathartic actually trust me on this one yeah, so. I, I've been channeling my mental bee into finding the things that are the silver lining about everything horrible mm-hmm. going on. So we were talking about this. Like my favorite part of this silver lining is watching people lose money that I hate. Oh like, God, yeah. Corporations, celebrities, banks, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. like colonial so settlements. Good. Like people lose. Oh, money. It makes me so hard. Oh. Yes. I love it. Mm. Like every Starbucks is closing in multiple countries. That shit is so uh so sad. Sometimes I'll just turn over and I'll be like, could you imagine being like a Rockefeller right now and you have all of this money and you're never gonna be happy? Ooh, and everyone hates you, you're never gonna be loved. Ooh, and they're losing money every day. Ooh, like I find the best part of this and I just Mm -hmm touch it to my heart i love this holiday season i bought like four christmas presents for like you know i used to buy mm-hmm. shit i used to spend money i used to do all of that shit now i'm like fuck oh yeah, all of yeah. almost all of my christmas presents for small business are handmade a hundred percent small business a hundred percent yep i, I either made them when... myself or i i bought them from small business they would send me and i mean small like i was shaking hands with the owner as i purchased the thing I love that's that. small I love you know? that. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's just so nice. Like, even when I'm so stressed and sad about things, I will just find something, some part of it that brings me like, even if it's like sour grapes, <laughs> I'll still be like, yeah. Yes. Listen, listen, survival out of spite is still fucking survival. A hundred percent. First of all, that's one of the things that I like a major coping mechanism for a bunch of shit happening in the world and the world just being fucking terrible. Cause like the world was terrible before October 7th. It will continue to be terrible long afterward. Correct. Trust me, the world's fucked up. But like creating community right around those groups of people that everyone wishes would disappear is super fun to me. I love to do that. Yeah. Like I all of the like... like all of the like weirdest queer and trans people that you really wish would just like not be so out there and in, in public. I'm just like, what if we were out there in public? Let's go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Or I like watching people who like built their empires on like lies and exploitations be like, why does nobody want to work in my business anymore? (laughs) I'm understaffed. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, yeah, because we're all at the beach. You, we we quit your job. We, you're fucking terrible. We're all at the beach. It's great. We all each brought a small bit of food, so now we all have enough food, and we don't need you. <laughs> I love it. So these are the things. Like even when I'm depressed, I can be like sour grapes. I can be like spiteful. I can be like petty as hell. Like I can find that. Oh yeah. How depressed I am. I can find a little bit of hate for Jeff Bezos. You know what I'm saying? Like. Well, and that's the thing, like, if you are someone that doesn't have a whole bunch of money and, like, doesn't, like, there, so not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but there was a local rope studio that we discovered was about a month ago, and I, I put them on blast because I'm like, fuck y'all, and people were like, oh, be careful because these people have a history of like blacklisting people and this, that, and the third And I'm Like I am a queer who's not into rope. They have nothing to offer me or threaten me with. Oh, you can't go to the dojo. I can't go to your Orientalist Zionist rope hell. I'm cool. <laughs> oh, no. Master Greg doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. Girl, that's not getting banned from Planet Fitness. I wasn't going up in that. Literally. 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 It's like Jenny Craig telling me I'm no longer welcome at the meetings. Like, fuck off. Like, it was really just like a great day for me because everything people were threatened, like saying, oh, he'll do this and that. And like, that's not a threat to me. None of this is a threat to me. So like we have a bunch of people with nothing to fucking lose that are just like you have nothing to offer us literally nothing. If you if y'all if you have a mental issue like a mental illness mental issue whatever you want to call it concern whatever if you have one of them things but you're not worried about respectability politics then a lot of the power is gone you could just be gone and it doesn't fucking matter like you can be out there you can cry in public you can be honest when you're having a manic day because you know that your community and your friends are still going to be right there we're gonna be like cool you're manic today let me know when you're done yeah no send me all those memes i'll just i'll look at them later yeah there's like 35 notifications for you today that's okay i still love you you know what i mean exactly the people who are down are gonna be down the folks who aren't who aren't and yeah your behavior is gonna change a little bit i mean i've had mental illnesses this whole time but i've changed some behaviors based on feedback mm-hmm. and based on the kind of reactions i get so i'm like based okay, on therapy as well yeah therapy yeah and also my morals i've decided i want to show up certain ways so i treat people certain ways yada yada bing boom you know so yep you're gonna find your lane and you're gonna evolve also too. the person you are in your 20s may not be the person you are in your 40s because hopefully you know you've done some research. gotten more stable god yeah. help hopefully maybe you try um, some medications whatever you need you know we you have a found good- out things that work yeah. like i now cannot have a melt that lasts for days because i have a dog yeah so like simple little things like i have to at least put on enough clothing to go outside with my dog so that people are not concerned that like i i shouldn't be walking down the street you know what I mean? Like, I need to yeah. at least look presentable enough to take my dog around the block. And some that people, is a huge deal. That's a big deal heal, for me. Some people heal in community. Like, the way my mm-hmm. trauma works is sometimes I won't eat. But because I have a partner who loves to cook, they'll be like, no, we're going to eat because we're both yeah, on it we're together. Eating. Yeah, we're, we're going to eat food. I'm like, oh, that's right. Eat I now. do eat food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because, you know, people heal in community, I'm more likely to do that with them. On my own, mm-hmm. I might be less likely to do it because it's just not what I think is important. But having somebody around yeah, you, and it's important, you know. If you are someone that doesn't 
feel like you're going to make it for much longer. Having an event to look forward to is a big deal. That's a plan. That means you're going to be here next week because you want to go to that thing. So, you know, or even if you were sad for a while or not feeling great, you know, your friends are going to be going to this thing. So you're going to go to this thing to maybe just see everybody. And usually you end up feeling better by the end of it. So like our communities and our interpersonal relationships have each other, like really like in a way that I think is even better than it used to be because the queer community has always been great at that. We've always had each other's backs when nobody else did look at the AIDS crisis and everything else like that. But after COVID when we literally couldn't be with each other, now we're really here for each other and really like treasuring every single time we can be together. Um, And just like there for people as much as we possibly can be. Um, So I, if you are at all mentally ill, I highly recommend finding community it doesn't have to even be the kink community but if you are listening to this podcast you're probably kinky so finding the kink community is great because not only like I said are they pretty understanding of people with various different mental illnesses and whatever else but if you are into something weird sex or kink wise that's also like fairly normal there yeah it's pretty normal like even if it's not somebody else's kink, they're not going to be like, ew, you're into piss? Gross. Like, they're just going to be like, oh, cool. That person over there is also into piss. You want me to introduce you? Like, it's just so, like, normal. It's great. Yeah. So, and in you the know. Rare, in the rare circumstance, you're the only whatever person at that party. You'll just be the person who does that. But no one's going to necessarily be like, oh, don't invite them. They'll just be like, hey, they like right. they're, they're the furry or they're the this or they're the that, you know. And they're going to be looking for other people because now they know that you're into X, Y, and Z. If they run into somebody else that is, they're immediately going to be like, oh, my friend Zones is into that too or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's really like we're just super supportive of difference in the queer kid community. And I think that's awesome. And that's one of the things that's like one of my favorite things, especially about newer queer kink is that we're so supportive of difference. And it's like everyone just looks and acts totally different from each other. But we're all like, like, if you show up to my event, you are my best friend the end no one's going to mess with you at my event because we will have a problem I will get up and deal with it with you know that's what I mean like we have each other like immediately when you're there so if when you're here your family like the olive garden um so yeah if if that's one of the things that I think is great about community and if you're living somewhere where you're too far away from community online has a ton of community you know get yourself on discord get yourself on all the other little corners of the internet where you can talk about kink and not be slapped down by the zuckerberg robots Mm. um even instagram people have found ways around the shit so find some virtual community if you're too far away to get to community community Um, a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. so and that will keep you going it'll it'll be some people to talk to it'll be something to look at something to do because that kind of distraction is really helpful when you're in a bad mental health moment and, you know, I get it that because like I, I realized I had to kind of adjust my coping mechanisms this winter because Instagram used to be one of my escapes because my Instagram used to be all cute, like Disney Barbie things mm-hmm. and all like hardcore kink. There was like no in between, really. Um, and now, of course, it's pictures of like child corpses. And I have never experienced that before in my life yeah. right there on my phone all day, every day. And I know all of us are in that position. And. I encourage you not to look away from that just because Instagram used to be a fun escape and it isn't anymore. doesn't mean that I'm not still looking at all the things and like taking it all in, but also make sure you have a community that is 
going to support you and make sure that you're okay and share fun memes with you and whatever else, like while still acknowledging that literally something must be done about this. Um, we can't just yeah, I, like bury our heads in the sand. We can't. People, learned, people are fucking dying. I learned that's actually where the um, idea for the Hunger Games came up. Like they were scrolling through the feed. The author was scrolling through the feed and it was like, you know, here's an ad for this. Here's an ad for that war. Here's an ad for this. Here's an ad for that war. And so they were just like, wow, what if, you know, the hunger, and that's where the whole story of the hunger games came from, which is Mm -hmm. basically how our experience now it's like scroll, scroll, death, scroll, scroll, death, you know, yeah, that definitely affects your mental health. It does. And it should affect your mental health. You shouldn't be able to scroll past images of horrible death and bloodshed and famine and, you know, people just suffering in every possible way. You shouldn't be able to scroll past that without feeling something. You should feel sad. You should feel scared. You should feel overwhelmed. You should feel enraged. You should feel a lot of things, but you shouldn't feel nothing. If you feel nothing, you should be worried about that. You know what put it in perspective for me? Um, I didn't even tell you this, but uh, like a couple of uh, months ago, we were driving and Kelly and I saw somebody hit a dog across the street <gasps> and it hurt my heart so bad. I'm like, I still think about that dog. And so I'm like, if I still think about that dog, how fucking dare I not say anything about all these corpses that have, that have happened in the past two months right how dare i if i still think about that fucking dog that i couldn't save don't say anything about these the people the various people you know what i'm trying to say right i'm not even trying to be, so no to me like, it's it's like i'm i'm shocked and sad every single day as if it's the first time that i'm seeing these yeah. you know images but i'm also so enraged we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording too like the amount of people I personally know suffering and struggling in this country mm. that could be greatly aided by the amount of money we're using to make other people suffer. Mm. Make it make sense. Where's my fucking money? Like, I am enraged that my money is going to hurt other people, not help us. I it's mean, enraging. I'm, I'm also enraged by that. I'm, and I'm not taking Yes, 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 that part. But I guess for me, as a black person, as a black American, we've been talking about reparations <laughs> for so long. Right. Well, that's part of helping us. That's what I mean. Like, we have money for all the shit that we say we can't pay for. We have if you, it. If you say reparations, <laughs> people act like you are insane. But but y'all just gave how many billion, like, billion dollars? Billion, yeah. Like, Anyway, yeah. that's why my mental illness is is fucked up, y'all. It's not and just also because like, of the trauma, it's because of the environment we live in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. World. Like, a lot of it's environmental. And, like, can you imagine what that money could do to improve the environment and, therefore, the mental health of Americans? Yeah. Like, that's the part that's so fucking enraging. Like, if everyone didn't have to worry so hard about basics like rent and food... Yeah. Their mental health would be in such a better place. And like also we could stop looking at pictures of babies being blown up on my goddamn phone. Like all of this is fucked. Like where's my fucking money? Also, we should be we deeply could, like, enraged. If we could like pay for more um mental health professionals because their jobs are like 
the hardest job in the world right now. I had some friends mm-hmm. who are therapists, and when 2020 came, they were working like dogs because the entire world was losing their shit, and everybody wanted a virtual therapist. But them virtual therapists are not AI robots. That's a person who's listening to and everybody's gee, shit. Trust me, therapists right now are also not. They're going fucking through it because... Yeah. Who do you think we all cry at about these dead babies we're seeing every fucking day? Yeah. Like they're seeing the same images and they also have to process it with us. So, you know, not saying you shouldn't talk to your therapist and tell them everything, but Jesus Christ, they're going through it too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I, I just, and I, I get that's, so that's mad why... thinking about the fact that like, they're like, when I see, like I was driving in Chicago last weekend and right off of, of, of Lakeshore in a park, there were like multiple tents and it's, it's going to be snowing soon. And it's going to be like negative, whatever, for however many weeks. And these people are living in fucking tents. When we have the money to house them, mm. they're taking it from people that barely have enough to afford their rent and food. And they're sending it somewhere else instead of sending it to people that need it even more. And then they make it make up, sense. Then they rounded up the homeless people in San Francisco and basically we don't even know where they are yet. They just dump them somewhere, bust them all out. Right. It's like it's it's just it's maddening to me that we act like we don't have enough money to take care of people's basic needs, but we have enough money for each missile to cost a hundred thousand dollars. And I guess this is why, you know what I'm saying? Like that's why I'm just like I I This is why when people talk about kink being weird, I'm like somebody putting a bunch of things in their booty hole or getting hit with a whip like that's not even the weird thing the weird thing is this that doesn't concern me in the least yeah, what concerns me are psychopaths is... with billions of dollars of that weaponry part. that concerns me that part that that's part. deeply concerning that to part. me that part yes because if i kill like two people i'm going to jail forever but somehow if you kill thirty thousand people we're just kind of like fine and if you kill a million people you get to retire with secret service you get the Nobel um, Peace Prize. Literally, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is why I'm just like, this is why kink again never overwhelmed. Really felt weird for me because it's like what one weird person does in their house, or what two or three or an orgy worth of people do in their house. No matter how weird it is, no matter how irresponsible they can be on their own, they can never be as irresponsible. They will never be responsible for blowing up a fucking nation. Exactly. And so I just, when when y'all are giving yourselves a hard time about these things, like the actual things that are immoral, you're probably not even capable of doing a lot of those things. Some of those things are systematic. You know, when we talk about our individual relationships, yes, consent. Yes, we're talking. Yes, communication. Yes, boundaries. But also like, unless you're a murderer, (laughs) like you could not be as evil or fucked up as these people pretend you could be like a lot of the the moral panic about kink is just that it's just talk people do weird things in their house sometimes they're fucking sometimes they're sucking it ain't that deep most of the time yes there are emotional components we should be wary about so that we're not putting ourselves in situations where we could be misused or creating abusive dynamics so no one like yes all of that but it's also like I think our mental I think mental illness sometimes makes us think that whatever we're doing is the worst thing. Like you're the monster, oh, yeah. you're the bad guy, you're as bad 100%. as a demon. It's like, no, there's literal demons running this country that are killing well, people. You could like That's you, the thing. Like, let's talk a minute about moral fucking panic because mm. like 
there's politicians that are running on yelling about trans people using bathrooms and playing sports in high school and no one seems to care about like a whole people being annihilated like I don't under like and where's the moral really, panic for that? Let's break that down even more. God forbid somebody pees in the toilet. God forbid the girl run track. Like what like, the fuck are you talking the about? Fuck? Exactly. What are you talking about? Like there's people being blown up. What are you talking about? Like there's like focus. Like focus. Like My that's the thing. I'm just like, and that's why you hurt. sit here thinking maybe I'm crazier than I thought, but actually society is plenty fucking crazy so that, and really right. so if you you're just trying to cope with the world you you're living in dress like a tiger <laughs> if you want to get spanked if you want to hit with a whip none of that is even that fucking weird compared to the fact that you know we we're looking have- the other way about a genocide while blaming people that just want to like exist comfortably and peacefully and not right, bother anyone. That, like freedom of like our rights are gone and shit and we're just all pretending that we live in a democracy. That's weird. Your baby doll outfit is not that deep. You feel me? Really like- not. <laughs> really fucking not. It's really fucking not. So when the mental illness starts building up and you start thinking oh you know i like to wear the frilly socks i must be real fucked up you know just bring it take some of the take take some of the heat out of it put it in perspective and just wear the fucking socks you're fine literally wear the fucking socks literally wear the fucking socks thank you that's all i'm trying to say like you're never none of these evil people are ever going to convince me that being a kingster is bad now not thank one you. of these evil motherfuckers can thank you because all of them should just be in a room with a tiny window so we can check on them every day and make sure they're still there that's Literally, all they should I... be allowed to do there should be a slot in the the door where we can feed them once a day and then we don't look at them again until tomorrow to make sure they're still in there like those like people are seriously mentally was, ill the worst thing i did was run through a bunch of holes consensually okay everybody had a great time they got a t-shirt they had fun you feel me mm-hmm. the fuckers are destroying the ecosystem across the planet killing everybody and y'all got the nerve to come in everybody's church everybody's government body talking about the perverts and the transgenders like literally shut up suck the back like of my literally head. shut up <laughs> <laughs> suck your mother how about that like yeah i just it's uh, we've always known that the moral panic is absolutely like bizarre and not meaningful but like looking at it in comparison to the events going on now wild what are y'all talking exactly so don't i don't care what religion they are don't never let you just tell the christian right to suck your dick from the back from the back yes And I said, suck your mother, okay? Add that in there, too. Not one religion on this planet can tell me shit. Y'all got a church, synagogue, temple on every motherfucking corner, and y'all killing everybody? What? So, yeah. Yeah. That's me, Mommy King. Nobody can... I don't care if, if you're mentally ill or you're not mentally ill. You are the person you are based on the actions and the reactions of how you move in this world. But just the mere fact that you're a kinkster, that you're trans, that you're queer, that you're disabled, that you're an immigrant, that you're any of that shit. Don't let not one of these evil motherfuckers from hell tell you that something wrong with you. Because we already see who got the mental illness. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. It's clear. Let's be real. We talking about mental illness. Who got the mental illness? Okay. It's fucking clear. It's 
it's motherfucking obvious. So that's all I got to say about that, period. <laughs> I'm so tired of pretending I'm crazy when they the right. ones. <laughs> like, yes, take care of yourself. Yes, make sure you're in a good place, but also remember. But remember. It's not a crazy competition, but if it was, but you it would was, not be anywhere not near the front of the pack. Because these people are evil. You're not even in the final heat. You couldn't <laughs> win if you tried, baby. If you started today mm. oppressing people, you could not get down like the original. Nope. We just don't have the resources. We simply don't. Don't. You don't have, you don't have the manpower. <laughs> Surely someone would stop me before I killed even a thousand people. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just, I'm but one girl, and I don't have the money for bombs. Like I don't understand how these people sleep at night. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not maybe maybe there's a different I'm section laughing. of big pharma that we don't get access to that allows these people to think that they're good people. I don't know. I heard the rich people taking ketamine now, so maybe that's what it is. They just, they just. Yep. They hang with their horses and they um they get the good stuff. Were, I don't know. I'm not a yeah, horse girl. Sure. I don't know how y'all get <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and so I really oh, appreciate wow. this conversation because I there's so many things I want to say every day and it's not that i speak my piece on whatever i gotta speak my piece on but also as a black person living in america don't nobody want to hear my shit if i'm really gonna talk of my shit i'm gonna get thrown out of every restaurant <laughs> gas station but also i think as a black person living in america we saw through this shit immediately early immediately yeah Everybody we were like up. oh so the brown people that are living in apartheid <laughs> yeah wanted to not live in apartheid anymore and had a slave rebellion, and so they're bombing them and calling them terrorists. Where's that sounds familiar? Where did we hear that one like, before? I've never heard of indigenous people dropping bombs on trees, y'all. So <sighs> I don't know how y'all can make that argument, but um, okay, that makes sense. Because when you sing with the colors of the wind, you gonna you gonna kill all the olive trees. That makes sense. Sure. Like what the? Yeah, fuck? it's. Yeah, we just we already we saw this early. for what it was. We, we saw right away, like yeah. day one, like oh, that's some bullshit. So yeah, I I think that like and the so, thing like, that, but that's the thing. Everyone else is just catching up, so then it makes me feel like I'm being gaslit because what the fuck? Like nobody else noticed this until now. Like when y'all figured out racism happened in 2020. Like, <laughs> oh, what a time that was. My goodness. I was like, oh, you got a black square. They're so like, you're down. Wait, you people don't trust the police? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm laughing because I just feel like everybody else discovered math. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what have y'all been doing this whole time y'all just figured out math wow that's right that's, wow okay oh yeah yeah math. yeah it's it, been around for a while now it's um you know i know he's a terrible person and we can all agree that he's a terrible person but dave Chappelle had a saturday night live that premiered like days after trump was elected mm. and they did this skit where all the white people were staring at their tv watching the results come in going i can't believe it i can't believe he got elected i guess i just didn't know there were that many racists and dave Chappelle and another black saturday night live uh, cast member just started hysterically laughing <laughs> like tears in their eyes and then the, that was like the whole skit was people being like i just didn't think that many people would vote for him like white women voted for him and they just were on the ground like laughing because like they're just like you're kidding me like you you didn't know there were that many fucking racists like come on so yeah. like that is 
that is exactly how we felt in 2020. That's how brown people feel now. Like, oh, what a surprise. The white settlers are killing everybody again. Like, we've seen this play before. Like, ugh. You know, it doesn't make it any less fucking terrible, but also it's like, this is not surprising. This is the, this is one of the few things about this situation that hasn't surprised me is that they're using it as an excuse to annihilate a brown people whose land they want. Because that's how that's gone. Somehow it's always black people's fault too. I don't know how. Always. Yeah. If Biden doesn't win again. Oh yeah. If Biden doesn't win again, it's going to be black people's fault. hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to be black people. It's going to be liberals and gays that were just too bleeding heart to excuse all of the child killing. Yeah, obviously. You're allowed, you could get like a, a hundred million kids before it's a problem, right? Like you could yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. asked them to stop by New Year's. So maybe yeah. they will. Who knows? But they're going to kill as many people as possible until then and probably continue. But like it just won't be on the news anymore. It's like if my neighbor was murdering a bunch of people and I just texted them and say, could you keep it down? yeah could you stop killing people by next week because i'm having a party next week yeah it's new year's that's the energy it doesn't make any damn sense so yeah like about like black and brown and indigenous people is like we've known for generations that mental health is a collective enterprise yes not just it's a community enterprise and so there's a reason that every black and brown community i know of has community food stuff absolutely there's a reason and it's either your family being like we're bringing food by or you come over and get you some dinner or it's literally a community food thing like people that have a food truck that give away free burritos on Thursdays or people that whatever like there's literally a reason why that happens because like we said earlier just having that one thing in your life be stable can be the building block to your mental health going up but when you're worried about where your next meal is coming from and when you're especially worried about where the people you love's next meal is coming from that's going to eat at you and it's going to affect everything else so like we've always known it's a community thing always we've always been right there like if you have ever watched like i know we're also not doing disney right now but if you've watched the princess and the frog Mm -hmm. one of the early um scenes in the princess and the frog she starts making gumbo with her father and then they take it outside and feed the entire neighborhood yeah and you can hear people from down the street going, I got some cornbread, here I come. I got some this, here I come. And they're bringing more food so that it can be a community meal. Yeah. Because not everybody has a whole meal, but altogether we have a meal, right? And, like, that is something I see queer communities starting to do. The white queers are catching on, and we love that for y'all. Um, but this is something that Black, Brown, Indigenous people have done forever. Yeah. Like, we're not going to let you starve. Even if we don't fucking like you, we're not going to let you starve. You might have to take your plate to go, but we're not going to let you stop. <laughs> yeah, literally. Take that home with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you go ahead and put that in the car. You can't come in my house, but like, here you go. But like, <laughs> but I packed thing... this up for you, but like, get out. So the yeah, like. That we have that can even address some of these issues are these indigenous and black and brown practices where we take care mm-hmm. of each other. Like that's we the have only way to. you can combat this. Your brain is just your brain by yourself. I mean, yes, you're responsible for your actions by yourself, but the healing process has always meant to be a community issue. You don't even heal by yourself now. If you break your arm, you're going to the hospital. Like, you don't just heal it at home. That's how you Mm -hmm. have more problems. So just like if your brain is having issues, it's not about just healing it at home. It's about 
talking to yourself in constructive ways, creating these um, patterns that are useful, having good coping mechanisms, having people you can talk to, doing activities, going on walks, introducing yourself to new stimulus, art, movies, like constantly trying. Even like reaching out. Yeah, even reaching out on the Internet. I've seen people post on their Instagram stories, having a bad day, send nudes and memes. Yeah. (laughs) And like, you know, and that is right there a reach out and like, you never know how hard that was for someone to put up because maybe that was like really actually difficult today for them to admit that they needed a little something, but like immediately their inbox is flooded with titties and cute cat videos and that's going to make them smile and maybe pull them out of some place that was really bad. Yeah, so, if you have kinky friends, this is what they're there for. Like, if you create some kinky friendships, you can be like, hey, everybody send me some smut. I'm sad. And you'd be surprised. Your friends will just send you Oh, smut. my God. I did that the other day because I was not I was not feeling well at all. And I asked for either nudes or memes. And I got some fantastic ass and titties in my DMs. So really? let me tell you what. Feel free to ask. And like I said, put the meme option up there because maybe they don't want to send you their ass. But, like, they'll send you something cute. But, like, also they'll send you some ass. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, I have at least four or five good kinky friends where anytime I could be crying my eyes out and be like, I'm sad. Please send me a picture of your boobs or something. And they would send it to me just to be like, Sorry, titty. you're sad. Here's some titties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Seriously. makes me feel good. Like, damn. And they trust me yeah. with their like personal picture. So yeah. I feel it, like it's a trust build thing too, you know? Well, and just reach out. Like, even if it's not nudes, even if it's just memes or recipes or what's your favorite picture that you're looking at right now or whatever just reach out to people because people might not have two hours to sit on the phone with you but they have enough time to like send a meme or take a picture of the sky where they are right now or whatever like you know just reach out because people are are always gonna be there for you and you know you wouldn't think they would but they definitely will so i guess my tip Mm -hmm. is just to find some joy in this apocalypse I know it's hard. Listen, again, smoke them if you got them. We don't have a lot of time left, so do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I mean, I personally am really enjoying this apocalypse for several reasons. Like I said, everybody's losing their money. Rich people aren't happy. Poor people are quitting their jobs just because, you know, I'm finding so much fun watching people quit their jobs because people are stealing shit left right and sunday because they can't afford shit anymore so good i love the stealing yes oh god no respect for authority anymore because authority is really the ones who got us in this awful situation so Mm -hmm. there's no respect for authority the younger generations don't give a fuck and i'm they really don't well that's the other thing too i think this terrible moment is teaching people that like the last few people that trusted the government that that you can't trust the government which again black and brown people have known for centuries that we have to act extra legally because we can't trust the authorities Mm -hmm. but welcome white people (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love the general distrust that's growing it's like people don't just yeah you learned in 2020 you can't trust the police and now you're learning you can't trust government either whoop whoop Mm -hmm. (laughs) not even the guy you elected you can't trust any of them they're all the same motherfucker when it comes down to it (laughs) but you know what else i also love when we do the polls about like abortion rights and trans rights when you actually talk to the people Americans don't give a fuck about half of this shit. Like they really don't. They right. don't have rights. They don't care about your gender or your genitals. Like the majority of us are just doing our own thing. And I love right. knowing that. Like even in a, even in a red state, 
even when I'm in, you know, conservative places. Especially in a red state, they just want to know where the fucking money is. And I am with them on that. Like, if you put a poll up saying, do you care about inflation, trans rights, um, the income inequality, or, um, I don't know, abortion. Yeah. The money things are going to be at the fucking top. It's the money. Yeah. Because where's our fucking money? Why don't we have more of it? Mm -hmm. Why do we work so hard and not able to afford a house? Explain Mm -hmm. this to me. I don't think it's the trans people. Yeah. Don't think they're buying up all the houses. So explain to me why. (laughs) That's another thing. I love watching the housing prices go down. I love knowing that they made all those cars before 2020. And now the cars are just sitting on the lot. Nobody's buying vehicles anymore. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I love like every single one of these companies that thought they were going to be around forever and now no one's buying that shit anymore like the diamond companies and all of this stuff like mm-hmm. I love watching all these industries explode I mean remember QVC that was a huge industry QVC no one's buying mm-hmm. that bullshit like I don't care yep. about your tennis bracelet. and we're getting to a new generation of you don't need to do phone every year love that mm-hmm. for us like mm-hmm. even if you can afford it, you don't fucking need it. Love that. I love Absolutely. that for us. And the and less loyalty to the brands. I mean, if the mm-hmm. brand sucks, then it sucks. I don't care about yep. the marketing. You know, I am here for it. And even though I don't love all the things that have come about from each one of those things, I just I'm just holding on to the fact that there is a rich person right now who's crying because they can't get the money they want and because they'll never get the public love that they want you know never you think about a rockefeller people loved rockefeller at one point they were like he's this Mm -hmm. philanthropist and he's making halls and libraries and doing things for the community and parks and shit we don't give a fuck about these other people like bezos musk none of them we do not get fucked all of you that is so yep. cool. Like, this is one of the first times in human history. Even, like, even the monarchy. We don't care about the monarchy. We cared about England and all those motherfuckers for so long. Now King Charles couldn't make an Instagram post without getting booed. Yep. That's wild. <laughs> like, I am tickled. Yep. I am a tickled. So, I'm here to watch everything yep. burn down. I'm going I'm to get some popcorn in a really good seat. And even if I'm not here Oh, long, yeah. I'm just going to enjoy it. And that's that would help my mental health. I don't know if that's the correct answer. Maybe some therapist will tell me I'm wrong. But I'm going to find the, the silver lining, which is all of this shit is on fire. And I'm enjoying it. And Oh, yeah. And I'm going to keep, you know, not only participating in lots of slutty queer sex and also lots of kink, but also facilitating it because they hate us either way. So fuck it. Absolutely. Like. Again, Absolutely. I don't answer. I don't answer to any of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. If you if you're not trying to run for office, if you don't want any like clout or social cool, I don't things, have any grants. I don't have. Sh- I don't answer to any of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another thing I was gonna say too. Like individuals doing their own fucking weird kinky shit is gonna be the future. I think it's gonna be hundred percent like, parties and more just like kickback get-togethers hangouts Mm -hmm. meetups just being weird together trying to find our own version of peace and happiness in this hellscape yep 
That's what and it is. I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. Queers have always done their own thing and always had their own communities. And I am excited to see this next generation of community. Yes. And I think community is the only way that we're all going to make it. We can't make it alone. And if you think you can make it alone, you're incorrect. And you need to reach out to your community. You'll be surprised how much better you feel after just one event. Absolutely. And any community that has leather dykes, it's gonna be okay because leather you're in a good place you're the fuck out i know that much yep period absolutely absolutely so yeah i am so excited for community to happen because again if the world's burning then fuck it we can do whatever we want (laughs) well my other good news that i heard was that after every empire falls the people are still there Mm -hmm. and they have to do something different and so just being aware of all the things that we didn't like about this version means that we can make a new version later and we can correct yep. some of those mistakes. And if I'm here for it, awesome. And if I'm not here for it, but I could just instigate it happening, then I'm cool with that too. <laughs> I don't have to be here <laughs> for it. I just mm-hmm. want it to happen. I just want that world to exist, whether I'm here for it or not. And that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I would like to say that we love you. And if you're struggling, it's going to be okay. It doesn't seem like it now, but it is. Keep going. Um, We're glad you're here. We want you to stay here. We want you to take care of yourself. We want you to find community. Like I said, if you have the capacity to help take care of others, use it for the love of God. Um, And just be together. Lift each other up because we're literally all we have. And it's been that way for a while. And it's becoming increasingly clear that it's going to be that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, we're going to make it together. And when you think about that, everything seems a little bit less bleak. Yeah, I'm really proud of everybody who still has empathy and morals and cares and cries and tries and writes their own congressperson. And like, if you're still doing all those things and trying to show up as a good person for your family and your friends, like, good on you. Like, a lot of people aren't going to know how much it takes for you to get up to do those things. And I appreciate that. And I know because that shit is not easy every fucking day, every fucking day, every fucking day, every fucking day. So I'm proud of you. I really am. I hope that matters. If not, you know, I hope you know somebody is proud of you and that makes you feel a little better. But that is the hardest part, I think, is trying to be a good person in a world that does so much evil and trying to be yes. good to yourself also, mm-hmm. not just to yes. everybody else, to you. We're- we're proud of who you are now and we're proud of who you're becoming yeah look at my baby growing up that's so happy oh y'all are so cute we love you on that note we will see you next time bye bye